0: I had sold my business. It was winter time, and that's free time. And I thought to myself, well, I've been cocaine free now for a time. And then I made the mistake. I thought I could play with that again. And man, I got so addicted that by the springtime, I just didn't know what to do. And then there was a lady who used to stay at my motel. Her son was an alcoholic. She gave me a phone number to a man in Newport News, Virginia. And she said that this man helped her son get off alcohol. I should give him a call. His name was Troy Collier. And so I called him up. And he had a place for me. He said, can you be there next Wednesday? I said, yes, sir. I got on the plane and I went down there. I didn't know nothing about it. I just knew I had to go. And that's where I really learned who this Savior Jesus
1: is. for those who don't know you, who have never seen you, and maybe have never heard of you and are watching from all over the world, um, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us your full name and who you are.
0: Yeah. Well, my full name is Klaus Zebus. I'm an immigrant from Germany. But since I've been in America, they call me Herb.
1: Now, Herb, how long have you been walking with Jesus now?
0: Oh, since I was 36 and I'm 70. I'll let you do the math.
1: Wow. Let's start with your life before Jesus yeah tell us about growing up did you have an understanding of who jesus was did you grow up in a christian home what did that look like for you Mm
0: -hmm. well my mother was a christian believer and when i was small i went to a lutheran church in flushing queens new york my father was not a believer he went through the war prisoner of war but uh, yes i had a basic understanding uh, as a child. And uh, in 1965, when I was 13 years old, we moved to Bennington, Vermont. And at that point in time, uh, I
1: no longer attended church. Her from, from my understanding, from, from parts of the testimony that I've heard, is that uh, at a young age, um, You struggled with with a couple of things before you came to fully follow Jesus. Can you just tell us about your life before Jesus in its entirety and what that looked like before God met you?
0: Well, my parents owned a motel and restaurant, and I worked there. I also helped on the farm that was across the road. I like to do that. I led a kind of protected life because my father had me work so much, but uh, I was like a normal guy. You know, as I grew grew older, uh, I didn't smoke cigarettes. I didn't drink alcohol until I really got uh, into early college years. That's when I started to drink. Uh, but I didn't smoke any marijuana until a little later in life. And that's as far as it went. I didn't do a lot of it at that period of time, until I got much older. Uh, I do want to say this. Uh, In 1972, two weeks after my college graduation, I had a terrible motorcycle accident. I got thrown head and shoulder first into a telephone pole and it broke bones, it paralyzed my right arm. Uh, I fell down face first into the road and they tell me another motorcycle. Within two feet of my neck, he left a black mark in the road from the brakes, or he would have run over me. But by God's grace, he kept me and I was able to get married, raise a family. So he kept me for a purpose, which I will tell you of later.
1: Tell us about your life after that, uh, leading up to you surrendering your life to Jesus.
0: Well, I didn't surrender my life to Jesus until I found myself in deep trouble with cocaine addiction But it it happened very gradually, this addiction process. Uh, Like I said, I was 36 years old. I took over my parents' business when I was 24. So uh, it was a a number of years. And uh, I never felt that I was really addicted to the cocaine. I ran my business and took care of all the responsibilities. It was a weekend thing, the marijuana, became more frequent use, but never during time of work. But then later on, my business was seasonal and during the winter time I was free and I got more into the barroom scene and drinking more and doing the cocaine more. Over some years, that's when I realized that I became addicted to the cocaine. I knew that it was really bad when I was using it uh, very frequently. I had the money, I never had to sell the drugs. But uh, I knew I was in big trouble, when I had to go and borrow $10,000 from the bank, that I could open up my business again the following spring. And so that's when I really knew that I had a bad problem, that uh, I didn't know how to deal with that.
1: Now Herb, at this time, you are married and with your family?
0: No. I was married once uh, for a short time. I had a son, and we got divorced. So I was single at this time.
1: Hmm. And when you started doing um, cocaine, when you started to get more involved with drugs, in that time, do you remember the reason why you were seeking out these things? Or was it just plainly, I was having fun, and this is what we do?
0: Yeah, it was... uh... Cocaine was a drug of preference back in those days. Many people used it. Um, Marijuana was used frequently by not all, but many. Everybody drank.
1: And tell us how it progressed from there.
0: At that point in time, when I realized I had a bad problem, you know, I tried to just curtail it on my own. Well, that didn't work too good. I finally sought help from my doctor. He was telling me that I could go to some uh, counseling sessions and uh, meet three times a week, and I don't really remember what else he said, but when I went away from him, I knew that. I said, man, this person has no idea what addiction is. I mean, (laughs) meeting three times a week and talking to a counselor is not going to do it. That's the position I was in, and uh, for probably two and a half years, it got really bad then one day uh, a man came i knew him i saw him years before he always went to the motorcycle races in laconia same place i was going when i got my accident and he was always talking about jesus i didn't care nothing about it i didn't i was polite he came into my restaurant but this time he came nobody was there and my mother had recently died of cancer so i was talking to him and in my mind i wanted to know is my mother in heaven? Is that real? That's the thought I had. And he led me into what I now know as a sinner's prayer. And so uh, I prayed these words really with not a full understanding at all of what I was saying. And he went his way. But I remember this. I remember when we got done praying, there was tear running down from his eyes. So he went his way. And As I think back, I realize that a change had happened to me, but I didn't realize that till after I get out of the Teen Challenge program. I had had some success with not taking the cocaine. I actually was cocaine free for maybe a month. And I do notice this, that my language changed. The cursing and the swearing that was so common talk. Uh, was no longer that way, Mm. not totally gone. But then what happened is I had sold my business. It was winter time and that's free time. And I thought to myself, well, I've been cocaine free now for a time. And then I made the mistake. I thought I could play with that again. And man, I got so addicted, so addicted to the cocaine that by the springtime I just didn't know what to do. I could really see, looking back, that God came into my life when I said that prayer, even though I didn't fully understand it. But He knew I wasn't ready. He knew I wasn't ready to do what I needed to do to be totally free from that. So He let me go and have the fill of my ways until there was seemingly no way out for me. And then there was a lady who used to stay at my motel. Her son was an alcoholic. She gave me a phone number to a man in Newport News, Virginia. And she said that this man helped her son get off alcohol. I should give him a call. His name was Troy Collier. And so I called him up and he had a place for me. He said, can you be there next Wednesday? I said, yes, sir. I got on the plane and I went down there. I knew it was Christian program. I didn't know nothing about it. I just knew I had to go. So I went down there and he had a place for me. And that's where I really learned who this savior Jesus is.
1: Tell us about that, about that moment of Mm -hmm. actually learning of who Jesus is and and what did that, what did you hear?
0: Well, you know, it was a place where it was 24 seven Jesus. Uh, They had Bible study in the morning. We had work duties in the afternoon. We went to church twice on Sunday and on Wednesday. I remember going forward to the altar when they had an altar call there. And I was praying, I was talking to Jesus again, asking him to come into my life, you know, forgive me of my sins. And actually I was shocked. I was startled by one of the uh, men who was overseeing us put his hand on my shoulder. I remember thinking, whoa, what are you doing, man? But anyways, as I learned about Jesus, I really just soaked it up. That's all I can say is I soaked it up. I was learning, God was blessing me. And I met a pastor from India that just totally changed my life. And his name is Pastor Yesupatam, and he was given a place to stay there, and we became friends. And uh, that man really spoke so much into my life, and I had to leave that program to go to Rearsburg, Pennsylvania for the second phase. I remember I can see it in my mind waving by. He's standing outside the door, waving by to me. I thought I'd never see that man again, you know. And uh, I completed the program. It's 1989. was home alone. My father was gone. I was in his house. And I thought, "Man, I'll call Yasepatam." He gave me his telephone number from India. I call there to find out he's in Virginia. And so I called to speak to him and the, the lady there. It was a big pastor's conference. Some 1,500 pastors from all over the world came for this conference. And she says, I don't know your pastor. Yes, I don't know how to get you in touch with them. She says, what I do for you is I'll write your name, his name, your phone number, and that he should give you a call. By God's grace, he saw that little note on a bulletin board and called me up. So I was so happy to hear from him, you know? And I said, hey, you're in the United States. Uh, How about coming up to see me, you know? I was missing my friend. And uh, being who he is, he says, uh, well, why don't you see if you can make some appointments for me? Now, I was a baby Christian, really, you know? And just starting to go to a church, and nobody knew me. And uh, at that point in time, nobody in this area knew of Yeshupatam or Love and Care Ministries. But, you know, in my ignorance, I will say, I said, okay, I'll see what I can do. I remember I opened the phone book, I wrote 20 letters to churches, TV show, radio program. By God's grace, 12 of them replied affirmative. I called him up. He came into Bennington, Vermont to see me. And that's how Love and Care Ministries USA was birthed in this area. This pastor came and went to these churches and met a handful of families here. And God birthed Love and Care Ministries USA through this drug addict with no reputation. It was a miracle.
1: Tell us a little bit more about that, Herb, because like you said, right, you, you're you coming out of being a, a, a drug addict. The Lord is impacting you. You meet this pastor, uh, well, you know, you meet yeah, this pastor named Yesupatam, and you're now interacting with him, and you're setting up meetings for him. But in that time what's impacting you and and how are you growing in jesus Mm -hmm. as you're around him Mm -hmm. like how how did that affect your life to get closer to jesus in that time
0: well i was very much involved in the church and my my life had completely changed i had no desire for the drugs i was living a good christian life you know my relationship with the lord and in the word but really I think the greatest impact that I had was when Yesipatam would come and stay with me, stayed with me in my apartment at that time, and just sharing his life with me and sharing God with me and the experience he had, you know, it gave me uh, an insight and a knowledge of God and how he was working that I, I couldn't get, I didn't get that in Teen Challenge. I didn't get that from any other pastor, you know. He was very intimate and close, and he spoke so much into my life. It really affected, in such a positive way, my relationship with the Lord. There was, it was by God's grace, within two years, I was able to bring two pastors to India, from, one from North Bennington, Pastor David Ginno, and he became the president of Love and Care USA after that. And uh, really, uh, you know, these meetings that Yassipadam uh, went to, to these different families, I went to, with him to the Geno's family. And there's a whole story there of God's confirmation to them that uh, this was a man that they needed to really get to know and become involved with the Corcrans, the Brinzels, the Beckers, the Hickman, you know, just, and some churches too. You know, I went to the churches and her hearing his preaching, it really, uh, you know, you feel your heart pound and you know, it's God. In those ways made such a big difference in my life, going to India, seeing the ministry there, realizing, you know, how God is taking care of children in children's home. Birthed here in North Bennington by a few people, God started that ministry. Now, there's so many children's homes, so many schools, not just in India, but in Madagascar and other nations. He had a vision of two hands holding the globe in five nations written underneath that, Sweden, West Germany, Africa, USA, Canada. And now all but Sweden, there's love and care ministries around the world in many countries more. I guess what I'm trying to say is I was thrust into this position, a nobody, an ex-drug addict, to become part of God's work. Just, I felt like such a gift, such a responsibility and an honor. What did I do to deserve this, to be in this great work that God is doing. I'm just an ordinary guy. And yet he gave me an opportunity to be a part of what he's doing. And as I have seen the ministry grow, and as Yesupadam has come year after, every year he would come here and he would preach. And he had a vision in my house early on, maybe 1992, was in the evening, we were in my kitchen and he was praying. We were praying together, and the Lord gave him a vision of tongues of fire coming down over this whole area. You know, man, I was so excited. You know, I thought God's gonna pour out a great awakening a revival, you know, and well, you know, that was 1992. And all of us, When he shared that with us, these families and the churches, you know, we were excited for that. We were praying for that. But man, it's been such a long time. You know, you pray for... He prayed steadfastly, I'm sure. But for us, even we spoke about it. You know, he comes, you get excited, you pray for these things. And then a few months later, it wanes, you think of it once a while, you pray. I mean, you know, we get to wonder. I did, I wondered, Will I ever see and experience this revival that he showed Yesipatim in my kitchen? Will I see that with my eyes of flesh? Will my children experience that? And then God poured out the beginning. He came one time and there was a meeting in the church just here on Main Street, Green Mountain Christian Center. And he was talking about the vision. And he's urging us to take hold of this vision as our own, to live it out, to believe in it. And God really did something to me at that time. It's not like he'd said anything to me, but just when he spoke those things, I knew that, gee, whatever I could do, I wanted to do that. We had... Uh, A ministry home here, Bethany House of Hope, right next door. A home came for sale, a big colonial home right next door. We found out it was for sale and had an opportunity to purchase that. When that opportunity came up, we needed a down payment. And I don't say this boastful, but I was able, by God's grace, I had some money, and I could put $25,000 down toward down payment. Yesapadam was here and he looked at that house. We walked through that house. He said, Let's buy this house. So we started to work out an arrangement with the people. You know, they wanted at first $195,000 from that house for that house. Long story short, we got that house. I made the down payment. And I tell you, it felt so good. that I could do that for Jesus that saved me. He gave me everything, new life, family, every good thing, the ability to earn a living being a handicapped person. Everything I had was from Him. Now I had an opportunity to do something, so I did that. You know, the story of my son addicted to the cocaine was a terrible time in my life. Not knowing whether he'd be alive the next day. And then the Lord miraculously saved him out of that cocaine addiction through the same Teen Challenge program. And he too became involved in his life with Pastor Yesapadam. And now he's a pastor. He's a pastor here in Bennington, Vermont. You know, I for years thought as I just sat with the Lord. Lord, who's going to take over this work here of Love and Care Ministries? You know, at that time I had no white hair (laughs) and I knew the Lord would find somebody. But you start praying, Lord, who will this be? You know, who's going to fill our positions? God has to have somebody in that place to keep that vision alive. You know, never thought my wildest dreams that it would be in my family oh man I tell you what God is so awesome I am so blessed so so blessed to be part of this great work of God you know
1: Herb, you've you've kind of mentioned a lot of it already but in these last 30 plus years of you walking with Jesus now Hmm. if you could put it in a nutshell what, you, what can you say that He has done in your life personally?
0: Well, I'll tell you this. Way back when I was in Teen Challenge, we were getting baptized. The pastor there, for those who uh, were going to be baptized at that time, he said to us, he said, I want you to think of something before I baptize you to ask God to do for you. You don't have to tell me what it is. It's between you and God. And uh, in this program in Rearsburg, there were 200 men there in this rehabilitation center. And I heard of some of the struggles. I saw some of the guys leave the program. You know, I, I had some fears about me leaving, coming back into the same place. They didn't really recommend you go back home, be with the same peoples. I did avoid that. But anyways, this is what I asked of the Lord. I loved the Lord. I wanted to serve him. I was blessed by him. He touched my back one time in a meeting there. I had back injuries from the motorcycle accident. Sometimes I had to, I was under chiropractic care. It was getting bad and they couldn't bring me. In this meeting, he touched my back. And this is the way that he did it. It wasn't like all at once I was better. But after that meeting for the next five days or so, week maybe, just in my normal movements. my um, Some people can crack their necks and backs. It, well, I, I could never, I'm stiff, you know. Man, he would, he would do this. He would manipulate my spine and crack and bend just in normal movement. And it increased for four, three, four days and then it just decreased. My back was better. That was just one little miracle. There were many others. But back to this baptism, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I love you. I don't want this time here to be the highlight of my life with you. I want to love you more and serve you more. I don't want to go back to the old ways. And I can tell you, God is so faithful. Wasn't always easy. Had divorce in my life. I had a time where I started to drink alcohol. I never thought that was a problem. He delivered me from that. So I can tell you, God is faithful. God is faithful. We make mistakes, but God is faithful.
1: Herb, who is Jesus to you?
0: Jesus is the almighty God that came to save me. He's the one that sought me out when I wasn't looking for him. He's the one that took me down to Newport, News, Virginia. He's the one that made part of Yesapadom and me part of our lives together, lifelong relationships. He's the one that put me into love and care ministries. He's the one that saved my son. He's the one that saved my daughter. He's the one that keeps me, that provides for me. He is my life. Every good thing that I have is from him. He is the one who has given me eternal life with him. I have it now. I have it now. My sins are forgiven. I'm cleansed in the blood. He's in me. Not only is he in me, he is with me. Always. That's who Jesus is. He is the God of all creation. He is the one who desires everyone to come to the saving knowledge of who Jesus is. God, the Lord Jesus, who came down from heaven and died for the sins of the whole world. He paid the price of sin for the whole world, everybody. Not only the drug addict, not only those that are bound in witchcraft, I was sitting here listening to Isaiah's testimony and I thought to myself, Lord, there's so many people. They think they're good enough. They haven't been bound in those things. They're not a communist. They're not a murderer. They're not a drug addict, but they don't know you. They're lost. They're lost without Jesus, but God is there for them. I want to say to those people, Those people, Jesus is your savior. If you believe, if you reach out, he's there for you. He's there for you. Yes, he can save the drug addict. It's good for me that I became addicted because I met Jesus through that. If it wasn't for him bringing me low, so low that I had no place to go. You know, it's easier for somebody like that and these other people I'm talking about, they don't see a need, but they have a need. And so I pray that the Lord will help them also.
1: Herb, for people who are, are watching right now and maybe feeling discouragement for whatever they may be going through in life, what is a word of encouragement that you can give to that person who is watching right now?
0: Put your trust in Jesus. Whatever mess your life is in, whatever hopelessness you might have in your heart, whatever loss, hurt you've experienced, God is a God of restoration. God is a God that can give you a new life, a new beginning. God is a God that can establish you when you think that you don't have anything to stand on, He can place you on the rock that is Jesus. He can give you that new life and a new hope. And he is the one, if you cling to him, he will definitely never disappoint you. Don't be discouraged. Reach out to Jesus, find Jesus and you find life, joy, peace like you could never imagine because that's who he is and that's what he gives.
1: Herb, any last words for the people who are watching your testimony right now?
0: Jesus loves you. That's why he came. And he came to give you life, not just life here and now. The abundant life is the eternal life with Lord Jesus forevermore.
1: And lastly, could you just Pray for anybody who is, for whoever is watching Mm. right now on the other side of the screen.
0: Hallelujah. Beloved Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, that you're the one that comes to seek and to save that which is lost. And Lord, I pray by your Holy Spirit that you will open many hearts to reveal who you are, that you will tear down the strongholds of the enemy, that you will be that light in the darkness, Lord, that you will reveal Jesus, O Holy Spirit, to those who are perishing, Lord, and that they would come to know you
1: and love you be with you always. Amen.